What's up, everybody? Welcome to a Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, as I am each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday during the season. John Harris, glad to be with you. We've got plenty on the show today, as we are less than 48 hours removed from the Texans' win over the Detroit Lions, 30-23. to Great week against the Lions. A couple of joint practice days on Wednesday and Thursday, a game on Saturday. And now we get ready for the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, it's the preseason, and... Still don't know how much the starters will play in that one. I would imagine a little bit more, trying to get everybody involved. We still haven't seen Lamar Miller. We still haven't seen Will Fuller in a few games. So hopefully we'll get a chance to see them. Maybe J.J. will get on the field a little bit. But if not, I'm not going to sweat it. But looking forward to a trip to Arlington and a game with the Cowboys on Saturday. But this week we got back into training camp mode. Texas, no pads today. So a lot of work just Tempo work, getting from drill to drill quickly, working the lactic acid out, as Buddy Howell told us this morning, Epsom salt. So hopefully everybody had Epsom salt baths over the weekend. And the one other thing that stood out is, yeah, Buddy Howell takes a bath. Totally cool with that. I am totally cool with that. I don't take baths like I should, but I got no problems with that. A bath or massage, no problem whatsoever. So we got plenty to do on the show today. We're going to hear from rookie Max Sharping, who caught up with Drew Doherty for the Dirty Dozen. Max is tremendous. I, I went off the practice field one day, and we talked a lot about Wisconsin because I'm about 40 minutes away from where Max grew up, and my uncle was a counselor in the school district that Max was in. So we talked for a while. Max does the Dirty Dozen with Drew Doherty. We also have Davin Bellamy with Mark Vandermeer. Now, I caught up with Davin on the 40 uh, a few days ago, and I got ambushed by um, the McNair children who decided that it was the right time to come after me with water pistols. And they got me good. They got me good. And just uh, keep in mind, revenge is a dish best served cold, little people, because I'm coming. But Davin was great. He rolled with it, and he rolled with Mark Vandermeer. So we'll have that later in the show. And Andre Ware joined us this morning, and Dre was all kinds of good. So we're going to talk about the offensive line. We're going to talk about wide receivers. And then I posed the question to him that Wade Smith posed to me on the post game after the Lions game. And I felt pretty good about my answer. I felt even better when I heard from John McClain and Andre Ware saying the same thing. They said the same thing, had the same answer to that question. So I felt validated in some sense. But Dre was great, so we'll have that in our final segment. But we are going to kick off today's show with one of my favorite new segments. Texans Audio Chewbacca. Yeah, how about that? Texans Audio Jukebox, baby. Yeah, get you some of that. Now, I've done this segment before, but I just decided to name it this year, and that was what I came up with. And so we found some wonderful singers in our midst in our building, and that's what they came up with. So let's go Texans Audio Jukebox, and let's drop a coin in the slot and see what happens. This selection comes up, Bill O'Brien. He went to the podium today, as he does after each and every practice, and the name on everybody's lips over the weekend was Roderick Johnson. And OB was asked, how do you think he played against Detroit? He did some good things. You know, he's a strong player. You know, he pass protected well. He was good in the running game. He did. He played pretty good. But next week... It's a whole different ball game. You got to be able to stack these things together. And coach said, "Let's see him do it week after week after week." That's got to be the big thing for him. The key is, can he do it again? You know what I mean? Like, um, it's one game, preseason game. It's important for him. 
but uh, can he do it again? You know, can he do it again against the Cowboys? Cowboys, Detroit was good. Cowboys are good. You know, can he, can he do it again? That obviously is the $64,000 question. If you do it again and again and again, you feel like, wait a second, what do we have here? So at that point, the question becomes, can Rod find a spot on this offensive line? Left tackle, right tackle? Coach said, look, right tackle, that's just as important as, as left tackle. You're going to face guys like J.J. Watt and Von Miller when you play on that right side. So left tackle, right tackle, doesn't really matter in his eyes. The difference between the left tackle and the right tackle is very marginal. They both have to block great players. I mean, if you're the right tackle of the Houston Texans, you are blocking J.J. Watt on every play in practice. So, I mean, what more needs to be said than that? The right tackle has to be every bit as good as the left tackle and, then, and, and vice versa. You know what I mean? That's what I think. Now, the left tackle, I know, all the experts out there will say he protects the blind side of the quarterback. Yeah, right-handed quarterback. But those right tackles need to block pretty good too. You think about the guys, and he mentioned facing J.J. Watt in practice. Think about what the right tackle is going to face the first three games. Right now it's Sean Charles Henderson. Think about what Big Charles got to face. Cameron Jordan, week one. Then in week two, it's going to be either Yannick Ngakwe, Josh Allen, the rookie, or Clayus Campbell. And then in week three, it's going to be Joey Bosa or Melvin Ingram. That's what the right tackle has to face. So, coach is right. Right tackle, left tackle, doesn't matter. When you face us, you got to face J.J. Watt. When you face others, those are the three guys that you have got to face or the, the mixture of guys you're going to have to face in those first three weeks. Now, a big name back at practice today. And that was Nick Martin. Looked out with the first offense, and I saw, whoa, Nick's back. And that's the thing about preseason. Sometimes you don't know these things. It's just, hey, he's back. Martin is obviously an integral piece for this offense. And Coach mentioned he's very happy to have him back on the roster. He looked good. I mean, he's fresh, right? He didn't... No, he's doing good. It's good to have him out there. He's a leader. Um, you know, he communicates well. It's really important for us to have him out there. You know, he's an important part of, you know, what we do offensively. So it was good to have him back. Nick Martin back today at practice, as was a number of players that we didn't see either in joint practices or in the game. DJ Reader was back today. Carlos Watkins was back today. Nick Martin was back. He hasn't practiced throughout up until today. This is his first day back at practice. So good to have Nick back as he gets ready to face the other Martin, Zach Martin. On Saturday. Now, I don't know how much either one of them will play, but good to see Nick back. There's no question about that. Now, one of the bigger issues that gets to this point in the preseason is injuries. Oh, boy. What do you do with injuries? So, on Saturday night, Matt Khalil already was not playing and a little bit banged up. Then Titus Howard ended up injuring his hand during the game, and it looks like he can be ready to go in week one. So if there's any good news, it is the fact that maybe we will see them in week one. But Coach O'Brien, are we going to see either Matt Khalil or Titus Howard practice this week? Matt might be able to. Uh, I don't think Titus will. That hand injury, man, that's tough. That is so tough on an offensive lineman. Even look, there are a lot of things tough for an offensive lineman. But hand? Oh, my goodness. That's tough. One of the positions on this roster that is... I mean, as tough to figure out what they're going to do as any other is running back. With Lamar Miller, you know he's the bona fide number one. Duke Johnson was traded to the Texans. You got to assume he's the number two. 
But the competition behind those two, holy smokes. We saw Buddy Howell have a tremendous fourth quarter. We've seen Karan Higdon and Demaria Crockett get plenty of time. Taiwan Jones started against Green Bay. Josh Ferguson has done some good things. This is a really tough position competing for jobs, and Coach addressed that after practice today. Lamar, Duke will be out here eventually. Um, Buddy Howell just rushed for 85 yards the other night, and he makes tackles on special teams. Taiwan Jones went down there on the first kickoff and tackled the guy on the 13-yard line. He also had a couple or at least one run where he got face masked. They didn't call it. He ran for about 10 yards. Um, who am I missing? Galaspia. He's done some good things on special teams. Higdon and Crockett run pretty good. So that's a that's a really competitive position, and it's a good one. It's a, that's really good. That's a good thing. I'd venture to say that after all that I read this offseason about the running back position for the Texans and everything I heard from people, they didn't draft the running back, they didn't do this, that this position is so much better off than anybody anticipated. I know a lot of you out there, they should have drafted a running back. They should have done this. This running back group that they have is going to end up being pretty good. Does it have Zeke Elliott? No. But how many teams do? How many teams have a Zeke Elliott out there? How many teams have a Todd Gurley? How many teams on the flip side have a group of backs that can do a lot of different things? We see that with the, with the Patriots. That's one team. The Kansas City Chiefs, they do it with two or three different guys. This running back position is, I don't know if loaded is the right word, but they've got a lot of guys, as Coach pointed out, that can do a lot of different things for you. So it's worth watching in how many of those guys can you keep. Which is also the question at tight end. How many can you keep? How many could you keep? And this is a question that John McClain, Mark Vandermeer, and I have had. I, Mark and I are on the side of, yeah, keeping four, I could absolutely see it. John says, no, 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 no. They're only keeping three. Coach said today, you know what? Keeping four might not be out of the cards. It depends on how, you know, again, it depends on special teams. It depends on, you know, how well the different types of tight ends, you know, like who's blocking the best of the blocking tight ends, um, you know, who, who plays the best on special teams. I mean, a lot of those guys play a lot on special teams, on return units and sometimes on coverage units, but mostly on return units. So there's a lot of factors. It's a very competitive position. And you could absolutely keep four. There's no question. All right, time to put – Another coin in the slot and see what we get from Texans Audio Jukebox. All right, this selection came up number 98. It's my man DJ Reader, who explained right off the bat why he's been out for a few days. Listen to the big man tell you why. Squeezed a little bit of my groin, so just trying to get back, rehab it. Felt better, feel real good. He'll be instrumental for this defense. No question. He talked about expectation. Everybody's got expectations. What's my expectation? What's my expectation uh, going into the season? What's my expectation of the work I do? Well, here's DJ talking about what he thinks the expectations are for this defense in 2019. I expect us to go out there and get better and, you know, put pressure on people's heads, and I think that's what we're going to do. I think go out there, fly around, make plays, and what we expect going into every season. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's what we expect to do pretty much every season. The run defense is such an important part of this defense, and DJ is, I think, the key to the run defense. But he said, you know what? We're pretty good against the run because we give 100% effort all the time. Product of hard work, guys who grind. There's a lot of guys in that room who grind out countless hours and 
playing the run. Weave, Weave teaches us about it, and you know we pay attention to it, and that's something we really focus on so we can get our dogs out there that can pass rush on third downs. Yeah, they get that done. I thought about this as I watched DJ. He got two sacks early on in the year, and then he didn't get any more. I got, I got to talk to him. We, we need a few, a few more sacks from the interior this year. I know he knows that. He knows that. He wants more sacks. He'll also tell you to get there on third down. You see those, and he mentioned it, those hosses get in there. Watt, Clowney, Merciless, you know, those guys all get in there. And I would imagine no matter who's going to get on it. I thought he had a good day rushing from the edge. Doesn't do a whole lot moves-wise yet, and I'd rather see him rush from the inside, I would think. But he didn't do a bad job rushing from the edge the other night. So got some dudes that can do some different things. Now, speaking of a dude, put another coin in the slot and see what happens. This one comes up number 66. Yeah, Nick Martin back at practice today. It was a welcome sight to see the big fella back, and he said, yeah, as you would expect, it feels great to be back, man. Get me on this field. The field, gridiron's my cover zone. Uh, to be out there with the guys, um, you know, work with Zach again and Chantrell and Max and everyone's awesome. And one of the most important people to have back on the, to be back on the field with is his quarterback. That relationship is very important. You can tell over the last few years that Nick Martin and Deshaun Watson have crafted a relationship. And Well, he talked about what that relationship is and why it's important. You're talking every play, you're communicating, whether it's in the play, whether you know, ever, after every series I go to him, he comes to me, we ask what happened, uh, what, you're, what are you seeing. I think that goes back to Greenbrier, his rookie year. We roomed together, and we were thrown in that situation. But it was good because we got close. We were able to talk, communicate, kind of find our own language. Those two are pretty funny together. I, I, I like having those two together, Nick Martin and Deshaun Watson. Uh, it, it's pretty cool. But Martin's been out, and you wonder, okay, how long is it going to take to get back physically? But staying sharp mentally is probably something that he was doing while he was out. Whenever you get back, you know, to actually go and play in football, there's always something to it. you got to knock the rust off. Um, but when you're out, you got to stay mental. you got to go to meetings and, and keep those reps up with film and everything else. There he is, Nick Martin. And that, my friends, is... Texans Audio Tunebox. There's a little bit from the podium today. Bill O'Brien, DJ Reader, and Nick Martin back for his first day of practice, training camp 2019. We get back a little bit more offensive line and also... An outside linebacker who's very intriguing. Practice squatter last year. Could he make the 53-man roster this year? Max Sharping and Davin Bellamy. Join us next right here on Texans All Access. On second down and eight at the Houston 38-yard line. And here's the snap. Johnson, quick throw, right side. Knocked down. Bellamy getting a hand on it, forcing the incompletion. Third down and eight for Detroit at the Houston 38-yard line. Josh Johnson with the gun, and the snap goes through him. He's chasing it down. Bellamy has it. Are they going to give it to him at the 50? And there's your turnover. Adrian Hill trying to unpile the players. No official ranking. Now they've got it officially at the 50 with 145 to go before the break. There he is, Davin Bellamy making two big plays amongst the few that he made on Saturday evening. That batted down pass, he had the fumble recovery. He also had a TFL on Josh Johnson that was absolutely phenomenal. Got up with the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer, today after practice. Okay, how is this year different as opposed to last year when you're coming in trying to find your way? Right, for sure. Uh, you know, last year, especially being, you know, like an undrafted guy, um, just that anxiety of if I mess up, am I going to be here? But, um, 
you know, last year I feel like I gained, you know, the trust, you know, the coaching staff to, um, you know, allow me to get reps this offseason. And just now the game has slowed down so much for me, um, playing with high confidence and a lot of instinct out there. What's it like being on the practice squad every week? You're not playing, right. but you're preparing as if you're going to play right. maybe. Um it's two ways you can take it. Some guys look at it as a um, bad thing and they go out there and, and BS around. Or some guys go out there and realize that every time you put your cliques on this field, you know, it's a chance to get better. And I learned that with my five years at Georgia. I redshirted my first year. Mm-hmm. So every time I took the field, you know, you're going against ones. You try your best, you know what I'm saying, to get better every day. For when your moment comes, then you're ready. But like I say, a lot of guys go out there and they BS it and use a million reps out there, right. you know, on practice squad, you know, to get better. And that's what I did. Was it nice this offseason not having to deal with the pre-draft stuff and, sure. and that whole For workout sure. routine? For sure. My draft process last year, man, it was up and down. It was a roller coaster ride. Um, so also having that hanging over my head, you know, last year, you know, kind of weighed me down a little bit. But just all that's out the way, I finally had a full offseason. Got to work on my body and work on football things, and it helped for me. How much of pass rushing is moves and finesse, and how much of it is pure hustle? You know, my college coach always told me, he said, um, nine times out of ten, if you watch a football game, college and NFL, you don't really see guys blowing by people, you know, all the time, you know. Um, your move usually works one time, and you'll blow by somebody like maybe once or twice of the game. But I feel like the whole thing of pass rushing is just, you know, hustle. You know, hustle, man. You see a lot of guys get garbage sacks, you know, off of, um, you know, good coverage and, you know, just really hustling. So, um, but also, you know, that doesn't take away from, you know, perfecting your craft and trying to become a pass rusher. But once that first move doesn't work and, you know, we're in the NFL, so these guys are pretty good, you know, it all, you know, come from hustle after that. All right, what are you doing on special teams? I don't focus on right, that much sure. watching practice, so for what are you sure. doing? That's actually my main focus, you know, and, and has been my main focus this whole, you know, offseason. The mistakes I make on defense, um, you know, I can fix, you know, easily. I've been playing defense since I was six years old. The special team thing is the thing that I really, you know, try to crack down on, you know, because it's really detailed. You know, playing on defense, you can play off a lot of instinct, and feel, but special team is just hustle and attention to detail. Um, so, um, you know, I've been doing pretty good on them, you know, by far it's a hustle thing, And but there are still some small details that I have to fix. How do you like Houston as a city, a place to live? I love Houston, man. I tell people all the time that it reminds me of Atlanta a little bit. Atlanta's a little faster, but, uh, but I like Houston, man. You know, I can get used to it. All right, thanks a lot. Thank you. In a short amount of time, Devin Bellamy has become one of my, my go-to guys. When I see him, I, I just love talking football with him. He is such a smart player, and I love talking about pass rush, kind of the art of the pass rush. So it was something that I asked him when I did the 40-yard dash with him. How do you look at it? And it is. Pass rush is, is, is an art. There's, a, there's an art. To, yeah, there's a science to it. You know, where if, you, if you're going to throw a spin move, you know, where does the elbow go? You know, you'd like it a bit. But there's an art to setting a guy up with certain moves and how does a guy you know kick slide against you does that open up different moves for you so I look at pass rushing a, a lot uh, as an art and, and he does the same thing and he works with Chuck Smith in this offseason 
and has worked in the offseason. He's worked with him many offseasons. And he has got a pretty a pretty uh, wide range of moves. And I actually saw that when he was at Georgia. When he was, at the end of the year in particular of 2017, he was phenomenal. He had probably his best game. I told him it was his best game. He thought he had some others. But I thought his best game that I saw was against Alabama in a national championship game. And he, he went undrafted. And I, and I often think about this. And he brings up a great point, too, when he, when he said this. He said, John, what happens if we win that game? Georgia wins that game. And if you remember, second and 26, they had gotten a sack on Tua Tonga-Vailoa in overtime after kicking a field goal to go up 23-20. Now it's second and 26. They're out of field goal range at this point. And then all of a sudden they give up the touchdown. But what if Georgia wins that national championship game? And Davin ends up being the defensive MVP. How does that change things for Davin? Does he end up getting drafted? I don't know. It's interesting to think about. We talked about that a little bit. And I know that he, in the back of his mind, he thinks, you know, I think I would have. And does it change things? I'm glad he's here. I wish he would have gotten drafted for his sake, but I am glad he's here because he's done some really good things. Now, a guy that Texas did draft that has done great things for this offensive line is rookie Max Sharping. And Drew Doherty had a chance to dive in with the Dirty Dozen with Max Sharping. Thank you so much. We've got offensive lineman Max Sharping with us. You're a rookie, so rank the important Maxes of the world. you got yourself, you got TJ Max, you got Mad Max, Max Scherzer, and the magician from Saved by the Bell, Max. How does that all unshake? Well, I think since it affects more people, I think TJ Max has got to be, be number one for me. Number two, Mad Max, you know, two movies, both great definitely number two number three max scherzer i mean come on look at look at the man he has a great career number four i believe we're on the magician you know i mean i can't do magic so obviously you know myself down at the bottom so you're a humble guy but you can rise up these rankings eventually right i mean i guess we'll find out hopefully you're saying very little in that regard okay (laughs) you just got a nice push in the back there from nick martin what's it like playing next to that guy you get to actually work next to him for the first day in practice yeah, you know, Nick Nick is great. Obviously, he knows the offense extremely well, being around for a while, and he helps out, calls, he's loud, he's great at communication. So, you know, working along with guys like Nick, guys like Zach in the game last week, Greg Mance when he was here before, too, in preseason, they've all been really big help to me. You just brought up communication. Which of your fellow rookies maybe is not the best communicator, but is just the loudest? I guess I would have to go Titus on that one. He's very loud, very loud. Just the way he is, his personality, you got to love it, and, you know, he, he definitely lets you know when he has a good play. Loud in a good way. Huh? Yep, yep, for sure. Okay, which of your fellow rookies has the best hair? Best hair? I'm going to have to go Malcolm Pridgen. I think he, he cleans up every week. You know, he's just got a good look to him. See, Titus, when I asked him this, he said himself. Yeah, I mean, that's, like I said, loud. Who is the best dresser among all the rookies? I think I'm going to have to go Colin Gillespie just because he has a look down and he sticks to it. That's very fascinating because when I asked him this, he said he was the worst dresser. No, see, I think he has a look that he, he has accepted, and he sticks with it. You know, other people change, do all this stuff. No. Colin, he sticks to it, sticks by his guns, and I like that. So you're a big fan of consistency. Yes, yes, for sure. What's the proper way to eat a hamburger? What do you put on it? Well, see, I'm from Wisconsin, so uh, butter burger is the way to go if you've ever been to Culver's. So butter. I can't eat dairy right now, so this is tough for me to say. But because of the, need... the diet you're on with the Texans? Yes, okay. yes. But, you know, cheese is a must. I gotta have a cheeseburger, bacon, lettuce, tomato, pickle, mayo, and ketchup. It's always fun hearing just kind of the cross-section of what you guys like because everyone's very, very specific, but hadn't heard butter yet. I did get a chance to go to Culver's while I was up there. I'm a fan, man. That's my favorite restaurant. I can't eat it now, but 
it's definitely my favorite. So when you were back, you didn't even get a chance to sneak away for a little bit? No, unfortunately, I just got to sneak back home. So my mama cooked for me a little bit <laughs> and for the rest of the O-line, so that was pretty cool. How sweet was that? You didn't know that you were going to have about 200 friends and family up in the stands, did you? I knew I would have a lot. I was expecting more around 50. You know, they quadrupled that, so it was pretty impressive. It was, it was really cool to be a part of that. The first day of practice, we're walking back to our cars, and we see your parents, and we just start chit-chatting with them. And your dad mentioned, he's like, hey, don't tell them this, but we're going to have 200 people pre-gaming over at that house and then up in the stands. I know you're focused on your job, but when you were at practice, did you kind of, when you are looking around, did you see a lot of people you recognized? I knew a lot of the Packers players, so I, going up against them, seeing them from college, cause a lot of the guys are still on the, on, the, on the team still. So, you know, I was looking around, kind of saw some people. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. What's the most eye-opening thing about the city of Houston since you got here? I think just the size. It's probably about to be the third largest in the, in the country, and I've never really been around a city that large before. So, you know, Green Bay is a pretty small town feel. And then I went to school at Northern Illinois in DeKalb, middle of cornfields. So th- it was a little bit of a change for me. How much fun was it getting that one series of work with Deshaun Watson? I imagine things just seem a little bit different when he's in the huddle, don't they? Yeah, he's a great leader. I mean, Deshaun, the way he carries himself, the way he helps us feel confident in our abilities you know, on the field, it's, it's amazing. So it helped all five of us up front that we knew we have to protect our man back there, and he was going to get it done. He was getting it out quick. And I think all of us uh, stepped up to the plate on that drive. You got any nicknames? Sometimes they call me a cyborg or a robot. How come? <laughs> Sometimes very mechanical movements instead of seeming more smooth and fluid. Cyborg or robot, anything else? Mance calls me Rain Man from time to time. Because you're pretty smart? Yeah, yeah. So that was that was an interesting one. I hadn't heard that one before. All right, Max Sharping, I'm not going to call you Rain Man. I'm not going to call you Cyborg. I'm just going to call you Max because, you know, I want to keep talking with you through the years. Sound good? <laughs> I appreciate that. Cyborg or Rain Man? I could see, I could see the Rain Man thing. That, that dude is intelligent. His recalls is amazing. I was talking to him coming off the practice field the other day and I introduced myself, and he goes, yeah, yeah, I've seen you around here before. And I was like, whoa, to have you know, just that recall. And, I, and I'm not somebody that has you know, kind of been in his life and hopefully will be for a while as he plays here for the Houston Texans. But Max has been very good. I had a conversation with my good friend Lance Airline on Sunday afternoon, and we were talking about the offensive line. And I just said the one position, the one player actually, that I have no concerns about in any way, shape, or form. It's Max Sharping. Now, as you get into the season, are things going to change? Is he going to struggle at some point? Sure. Every rookie does. Every rookie does. Every rookie has to face a guy that's, you know, 300 interior guys in particular. You know, face a guy that's 325 pounds. He's as strong as an ox. It's really tough to move him. But Max's technique, his intelligence, his recall, his understanding of the offense, Max Sharping is going to be a player for this team for a long time. Been very, very happy with what he has provided. Now, a guy that makes us happy each and every Sunday when he's up at the booth with Mark and with me is Andre Ware. And Andre joined us this morning on Texas Monday. And I, after we had the conversation, I turned to Mark and said, that was really good. I'm playing that tonight. I'll have that for you. We talked about many things. What we thought about the game, the offensive line, the tight end position. And then I asked the question that Wade Smith asked me. If you could keep only one of the three players, of these three players, who would you keep? I'll tell you who those three players are and give you Dre's answer next right here on Texans All Access. First down at the Detroit 29-yard line following the Howell keeper. Buddy again through the middle. 25-20 down to the 15-yard line. Hello, buddy. First down at the 15-yard line. 
Webb in the gun. Hal to his left. Here's Buddy again. Why not? Cracks through a hole. 10, 5, plowing close to the goal line. He's down at the 2. First down at the 36, handoff, Hal running to the right side, trying to turn the corner, does, 30-yard line, wow. and keeps the legs moving down to the 25, he picks up a first down, hello, buddy Hal. Second and goal at the one, Webb in the gun, handoff, Hal nice. over the right side, he's in, big time running by buddy Hal as the Texans score again. It was that kind of night for buddy Hal, 15 carries, 84 yards, one touchdown. You heard that touchdown right there at the end, the one yarder. That was the capper on the 30 to 23 win. And he left a lot of Lions bruised and beaten down. Boy, they didn't really want to tackle him in the secondary once he got through the line. He had a great ball game. Now, I bring up Buddy Howell for this reason. I was asked a question from Wade Smith on Saturday night after the Lions preseason game. I was talking with Sean Pendergast, Cecil Shorts, and then Wade had this question for me. He said, all right, John, you can only put one of these three players on the 53-man roster. And he said, Jarrell Adams, Buddy Howe, or Tyron Johnson. And I said, oh, man. It's like you know, picking between my kids. Like, I love all of them. I want, I want to keep all of them. But I know the numbers game kind of – can maybe squeeze Jarrell Adams out. Tyron Johnson's in a battle with Vincent Smith. And I said, Buddy Howell. And I, and I said, look at how he ran tonight. Having a guy that is running with that kind of downhill power, he's well put together. And you know on special teams, he's going to be a bona fide star. So I kept that question kind of locked away, and I obviously remembered my response. And I wanted to hit it, our guests with that today. And so I asked John McClain. He said, Buddy Howell. Well, then I asked Andre where, and you have to listen, because in this interview, Andre, I asked that question of Andre, as we talked about it this morning, to say that Andre agrees with me. Now, that wasn't the only thing we hit on, but it definitely was one of the things that we hit on. With Andre, we talked about the game, the offensive line, and that particular question. Now, Andre Ware joins us right now to complete the broadcast power trio and, Dre, let's get to the opening drive. Deshaun Watson finding his receivers, finding DeAndre Hopkins in the end zone. Nice start for the team, and that's all you really needed to see from those guys on Saturday. Yeah, and what, what really contributed to uh, him finding those receivers? I think it was just the play, the, the stellar play of the offensive line and that, that series, that sequence of downs and, he had plenty of time. A couple of times, you know, he, he came off his first, second read, was able to get to three, and and uh, and then when that wasn't there, there was still time. So excellent coverage, in some instances, coverage on the back end, but uh, an even better job of the offensive line holding up, giving Deshaun the time necessary to survey the field. Dre, we've talked about this, Mark, and I have. We've talked about it with you on and off the air. We just had McLean on. He thinks three tight ends stay. Mark and I both think four of them stay. How many tight ends do you think they keep? And is Jarrell Adams the odd man out, or has he surpassed anybody at this point? What do you think with the tight end situation? By the way, he does have practice squad eligibility, Adams. Well. Yes. Yeah, uh, I think at, at a minimum three. Uh, I almost want to say four, and I haven't kept a sharp enough eye on who's uh, – contributing on special teams i know i've seen uh maybe fells as one of the the edge guys on uh on field goal and and uh point after attempts but 
that's a, that's been about it. So maybe I lock in a little bit more there, and who's playing what, and how much, how many reps they're actually getting on on special teams. Because I think somebody might have an opportunity to make the team uh, if you can contribute on special teams. Maybe over a linebacker that uh, you know that's who you're fighting with for a spot. And I don't know. I could see him easily keeping four. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Three is more the likely number because that's how NFL rosters are built. But, uh, boy, you'd like to have all five have had an outstanding camp and are playing well in the preseason. Andre Ware joining us on Texans Monday. All right, so this week, what do you want to see? No joint practice. You have Dallas on Saturday night. So this is an interesting week. I think it's more like a regular season simulation of sorts. What are you thinking, Andre? Yeah, I, I think you got to get guys used to being on the field together, coming out for pregame warmups. How to, you know, you know how to take the field, but taking the field together because it's something that you haven't done in 2019. And just to kind of wrap up uh, the t- the question before that John asked me, I think all five will be on an NFL roster. I don't think one of them will make a practice squad or you're going to be able to hide one on the practice squad without somebody scooping up one of those tight ends for their own roster. So uh, just to just to kind of put a bow on that. And then in terms of Saturday night, uh, you want to see the entire first group on both sides of the ball. And it doesn't have to be a long time, but you want to see some progress. If you see it early within a drive or two, then you, as you would say, Vandy, bubble wrap them and put them on the sideline and let's wait until week one of uh, the regular season against the Saints on Monday night. But if there's some, uh, you know, some hiccups along the way, they may play or may be forced to play a little bit longer than you uh, you anticipate. But a couple of quality series uh, with guys taking the field together. Lamar Miller has yet to see the field in preseason. Will Fuller is antsy to get back and, and get himself on the field. And how does Buddy Howell run with uh, the first group, who I thought was the story of the game on Saturday night? He was just flat-out fantastic. Want to see him in pass protection situations to to see his complete game as a running back, and and then kind of go from there. Trey, when training camp started and Matt Khalil was fully healthy, I think we thought at that point it was okay. Matt's the guy. Fade a couple. We didn't think he's going to be ready, but they're kind of locked in at left tackle. Three weeks later, we watch Roger Johnson against the Detroit Lions, and we go, "Hey, wait a second now." Do we have a competition brewing at left tackle? How do you look at that position? First of all, how did you think Rod played the other night at left tackle? And do you think there is a legitimate competition for that particular spot at this point? I think absolutely. And I think uh, if there wasn't before Saturday night, there certainly is now because of the way he played, or there should be. Uh, He was fantastic. He's got some athletic ability to play that spot where he can slide out or kick out and, and position himself in front of speed rushers. Uh, he's got good change of direction. The strength is there when they need to run to his side. And, and uh, you know, there's some things, some other things you would you'd still like to see uh, from him. And I think he's going to get the opportunities, quite honestly, the rest of the preseason. But um, certainly this week, and if he's, if he's uh, managed to seal that spot, um, which honestly, man, when you look at it, I, it would be hard for me not to, to, to think that he hadn't, hadn't locked that down and the way he played Saturday night. But they, they're probably wanting to see some other things and, and continue uh, uh, having him work towards being a starter and really earning it and taking it uh, before they just somewhat give it to him. But I thought he, I thought he earned the right 
to uh, to position himself to be a starter on that on the offensive line. Titus Howard reportedly a broken finger. So how does that affect an offensive lineman? I uh, taped the other one to it, and um, <laughs> I don't know if he cast it up, but you got to go. A finger doesn't stop you from playing on the offensive line. So I, I think he, uh, I think he'll be right back in the lineup. It, it depends on how severe the uh, the injury or significant it is, but usually it's just a tape job and uh, maybe some protection on it. And, and hey, let's go. Dre, I like this question that Wade gave me the other night in the post game, and he said you get. There's three guys, and you get just one to make the 53-man roster. So I'll ask you, and McLean had the same answer I did, by the way, Mark. He had the same answer. I'm not going to say who it was. But you get Jarrell Adams, Buddy Howe, or Tyron Johnson. You can only pick one of those three to make the roster. Which one are you taking, Jarrell Adams, Buddy Howe, or Tyron Johnson? You know, Mark gave me a layup in the pregame the other day, and uh, you're giving me a layup right now, Johnny. Yeah, that's Buddy Howell after the way yep. he played the other night, how he's been on special teams. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you want to see some some things um, in terms of pass protection. Can he protect the quarterback? I think i got to believe with his size at 6'1", about 218, 220 pounds, he'll be able to do that and then catch the ball out of the backfield. So uh, if he can prove to you in – this week that he can do those things is, a, is that's a lock for me. Tyron Johnson has missed some balls and had some opportunities to make this team or make a bigger splash than he's made. But when you get in the game and you have an opportunity to really lock down a spot, a couple of balls have gone on the ground that really could have helped uh, his cause. And then Jarrell, he is just a uh, in a situation where there are draft picks in front of him. Um, he may be the guy that makes it though. He may end up making this team. But uh, the draft picks, I, I got to believe, are going to be because you've invested in them. There's something that has been invested in those three in front of him. And uh, I got to believe they're going to have uh, ha- have the spots before Jarrell Adams. Wait, what was the layup I gave you in pregame the other night? I don't remember. It was, that. Uh, I think it was the offensive line in terms of the matchup oh, yeah. going into that night. Yeah, yeah I so. gave you that one. Jeez, I'm just too friendly sometimes. No, I thought no, that was a good I, question I, from Wade. Yeah, no, no, that yeah, was a good it question. It's a good question. It's a, it's a good, it's a good question, and and at the time it was asked to you, I'm, you know, I'm thinking, I'm look, I got the the ability to look back on the previous game and and judge it how how the three of them have played, and I think mm-hmm. Buddy Howell, as I mentioned, was was the story the other night. I mean, with a revamped offensive line, and that's kind of being generous. He was able to, and that's hard to do for a running back when you got guys that are hadn't played together. Uh, there's you know, defenders are slipping off blocks. You got to make a move. He looked as natural running the football as I've seen a Texans running back in a long time. Dre, at that point, and not just Buddy, but when you have a guy that has a night like that in a preseason game, just you know, he's with the threes, and he's just he's killing it. What's what's the process for him next? Like if you're a coaching staff, and you're going, hey, wait a second, you don't automatically make him a starter. Is it as simple as, hey, let's get this guy some carries in the second quarter? Or if it's a receiver, hey, we, let's get this guy some targets maybe with Deshaun or you know, he was with Jordan, let's do it with Joe. What's kind of the process for a guy that kind of pops on the screen as a three when he dominates the threes? Is it just, hey, let's get him some reps with the twos, let's try a different special team area for him? What do you do with a guy like Buddy Howell that pops like he did the other night? 
it's like, whoa, what do we have here? You know, th- this is the unexpected that, that has popped up and we didn't know. It's a, it's a good problem to have if you're a coaching staff. And it is, well, wait a minute. Uh, have we just created competition or has Buddy put himself in competition to get reps as the second back uh, along with specialty? Do we need to find someone to replace him or the things that he does on special teams uh, and, and maybe lighten his load there because he's so he's become valuable or a valuable asset within the offense. Uh, I think there's still some questions there to be answered. I think he's going to be given the opportunities to answer those questions. And then if you're buddy, you got to feel pretty good about yourself. Look, if I'm not on this team, I'm on somebody's team because I just put it on film mm. for all 30, 31 other ones to see. So I'm going to be playing football somewhere. And he's got to take some pride in that. I listened to uh, the interview after – and it was refreshing to hear him say, hey, I appreciate the offensive line, the job they did, but, boy, does it feel good uh, for myself to go out and put that out there, knowing that all along I could have done it. I'm kind of paraphrasing, but it was just refreshing to hear him say it and the excitement uh, in his voice for a young player that had just come off a stellar performance. It made that Epsom salt bath extra yep. enjoyable. Have you? That, that might have yeah. been, been the best part of the interview because that took mm-hmm. me back to my grandmother and, hey, when I was in high school, hey, get him, some, get him in a in a in a bathtub, put some Epsom salt in it, and just guess what, guys, it works. It what still does that works do? This day. What does it that do? It kind of draws the, draws the soreness out, and uh, but with that, you as he stated, you can't just go in and just sit around the next day. You got to be moving around, uh, which they do. You get on, mm-hmm. you're running about half speed to three quarter strides to keep your just to keep the blood flowing where the lactic acid doesn't build up in your body, but it helps. It really, really helps. Now, yes, it might be recency bias because Buddy had the type of game that he did, but I just felt overall that of those three, and not to say that if you threw another two or three, I'd pick Buddy, but of that three, and I think those three have been very, very good this training camp. I I thought that was a brilliant question from Wade to try and figure out who would end up being the, the one guy to take out of that. Now, well, Texas may not take any of them. They may take all three of them in some way, shape, or form. Now, I don't know how. Now, I figured it out how they could because I think they carry four tight ends. So I figured it out how they could keep everybody that's in the room right now, but that would end up that would mean that somebody would have to go on IR, and I don't want anybody going on IR. But I mentioned it this morning as well. Jarrell Adams gets exp- – I mean, Tyron Johnson. Let's just say that Buddy's the selection. Those two guys are going to get snapped up somewhere. I think they're going to get snapped up. I don't think you can get them to the practice squad. Now, it would be great if you could, but I just I just don't think that's going to be able to happen. And I think it's going to be that way with a lot of guys on this roster. When you get to, you know, numbers 54 through 64 or, you know, probably the top 10, 12 guys, they're going to be considerations across the board throughout the league. So, Texans have provided some opportunities for players to show what they can do. And we'll see if they stay with the Texans or if they move on. But, boy, some tough position battles coming up. Now, a lot of people to thank for tonight's show. Got to thank Bill O'Brien, DJ Reader, Nick Martin, Drew Doherty, Max Sharping, Mark Vandermeer, Davin Bellamy, Andre Ware. Thank you guys for listening. You guys are the very best. We will see you tomorrow. Another training camp day. I think it's training camp day 362. We'll have that for you right here on our air Texans Radio. Appreciate you guys. See you tomorrow. And as always, go Texans.